Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. Listen, we have a war to wage. You can't be somber and be waging war. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. See, the problem, part of the problem in Christianity today, and this may, this is really kind of, I don't know, hard, I guess, to open up with this, but as everybody thinks that this life is the big it. At most, you'll be here, if you believe how I believe, right out of the, the Abrahamic covenant in Genesis chapter 6, verse 3, the most that you'll be here is for 120 years. It's been over 2,000 years since Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. So you think about it, you'll be here. We're really, for he knows how we were formed. He remembers that we are dust, Psalm 103, 14. But everybody thinks that this life is everything. Here, here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Then I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, Right, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Then the Spirit said, Good, that they may rest from their labors and their works follow them. So we think, we think that this life is, is everything. It's not. And I know that may seem heavy right now, and believe me, you should sense the heaviness from up here. You should look at the facial expressions that I'm looking at right now. This is why I never want to be a worship leader ever again. <laughs> Seriously, like, we are supposed to be people of faith. She's, she's a person of faith, so why is everybody somber? Thank you, brother. I'm not going to spend a moment. You, the, you, if, I've been, if, if, I, if I'm somber, then I believe there's going to be something negative. I don't believe for anything negative. I believe in the report of the Lord. Amen. The report of the Lord is I took up your infirmities and carried your diseases, so it's done. Amen? Amen? Amen. And we have, listen, we have a war to wage. We don't have time, we don't have time to waste. At the G20 and the B20, you're like, Tom, you're always talking about politics. Ready? It's not politics. It's the book of Revelation. I'm not talking about tax rates. I'm not talking about impact fees. I'm not talking about building designations. That's politics in historical districts. That's politics. I'm talking about at the G20 and B20, of which one of the keynote speakers at the B20, which is the business end of the G20, was Klaus Schwab. Speaking at the G20, what country is he the president of? Prime minister of? But yet he can go there and speak. Why wasn't I invited? I'm not the president of any country either. Why, why am I not invited? Why, why wasn't Jonathan invited? Why wasn't Pastor Rodney invited? We want to speak there too. We have a philosophy. And just so you know, what's been okayed there is global pass, vaccine passports. Global. That's what they were discussing all though. COVID's over. They talk about the next pandemic and the next pandemic and the next pandemic. Why? To subjugate you. Let me ask you this. How many people in here are over 40? Shout amen. amen. 
50, shout amen. 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 60, shout amen. amen. All right, there you go. So a lot of us have lived a lot of life in here. So how many pandemics have you seen so far in your life? But yet, next pandemic, next pandemic, next pandemic. To keep you under constant fear and under constant submission. Under the foot of the enemy instead of the enemy being under your foot. What pandemic? I was born in 1968. I haven't seen it yet. Well, Tom, this was just a pandemic. How was it a pandemic exactly? Where, where were all the body trucks? Where, where were the government workers yelling from house to house like they did with the bubonic plague? Bring out your dead. Why is it that the Finland study, which keeps getting worse, by the way, Finland, which was a novi, I mean, just a notorious COVID totalitarian state, the study that they're doing right now has risen. It was 40%, now it's 62% of their alleged COVID deaths were fraudulent. There's a 40, according to, anybody, you need to follow some of these names. Edward Dowd, follow him. Former BlackRock executive is doing these mass numeric studies of what's happening right now. 84% increase in myocarditis from 19 to 44-year-olds. 84% also backed up by Joseph Ladapo, our very own Surgeon General in the state of Florida. And yet, what, are they, what do they want to do? Vaccinate the globe and have vaccine passports from the very people who want to lower the Earth's population. There's a 40% increase in deaths according to insurance companies. Just follow the money. You can't hide that. Yes, you can. This is, this is a planet with 8 billion people on it. You can hide anything. You can have 40 million people die in the United States. 40 million. What, what does that mean? 40 million. What, what is a billion? A thousand millions. And 40 of those die? You think the world notices? We didn't even notice in the early 2000s when there was a tsunami that killed 600,000 people in a day. Remember it? Nobody remembers that. We, we talk about COVID? Hello. You did good. That was one. That's a win. That's a win. Good job, win. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Ephesians chapter 6, 10 through 18. That's what we're supposed to do. There's a war that's going on. We don't have time for trivialities. We don't have time. 
A global vaccine passport has just been okayed by yours and mine global leaders. Who, by the way, are the stupidest people on the planet. Speaking of stupid, I just have to give you my observations because you are my psychiatric care for the week. My psychiatric outlet for the week, along with the podcast. It's funny because like Elon Musk has got mad because CBS, the TV station, took down all their Twitter ads, took down their employees aren't allowed to interact with Twitter. And Elon Musk puts out there, who makes these decisions? And I sent back to him, of course, he has 100 million people following him, so 400,000 responses. But I, of course, I sent a response back. And I said, he said, who are, these, who are these people at CBS to make these decisions? I said, the exact same people who have your exact same beliefs about Alex Jones. Because he won't let him back on. He hasn't let back on Project Veritas. See, this is all part of it. It is for freedom. Wherever you see a lack of freedom, you'll see the Antichrist spirit. Why would, why would you not want to talk? Why would you not want to allow people to talk? Well, they may see, say things that offend me. They hung Jesus on a cross. You worried about words? Wherever you see a lack of freedom, you'll find the Antichrist spirit along with lies and bodies. You'll find the Antichrist spirit. We are in a war. And you see in all these platforms, because it's all in conjunction with one another. You see them shutting down free speech, but you also see platforms that are opening up free speech and make sure that you get on those platforms and don't be lazy. Well, Facebook shut down, so I guess I'm just gonna turn off the TLP podcast. No, you just switch over to Rumble, you switch over to the website. See, you got, you're in a war. You have to be agile and mobile or you'll be uninformed. You'll live in the dark. Like Tom, that's enough of politics. It's not politics. The goal of this, I mean, look at look at what has happened. The glo- the goal of the globalist leftist narrative. And you're like leftist is politics. No, I'm not talking politics. I did you listen. You deal with like a traditional liberal. They I have more in common with them than I do a rhino Republican. They want to be free as a bird or bee. Yeah, they want to slaughter the unborn. I get it. They want to be, they want to be able to you know, smoke their cannabis, so I might sound like a police officer, or marijuana, <laughs> without the police bothering them. Whatever. I don't agree with that. I don't believe in the legalization or any of that stuff. I don't. However, they, that's what they, they want. They want a measure of freedom. These are people who are not purveyors of freedom. The goal that they have is to put a mark on your right hand or on your forehead. They may not even know it. A puppet doesn't know there's a hand up its puppet chute. It's just a puppet. Ooh, what is, ooh, what is that? I feel, I feel a breeze. And I would be remiss and held James 3.1 accountable if I don't tell you the truth. Yeah, listen, you're sitting in the only church in southwest Florida, south of Tampa, that's going to tell you the truth this morning. Oh, Tom. 
Tom, that's a very arrogant statement. I didn't say there wasn't other churches telling portions of the truth. But if you avoid what's happening around the world right now, Klaus Schwab speaking at the B20, global vaccine passport. It's actually, they didn't call it a vaccine passport. It's like a health passport. Along with CBDC, central bank digital currencies, cashless society, book of Revelation 13, 14. You're not preaching the truth. You're not, you're, you're enabling your people, you're enabling their love to grow cold. Because the love of most will grow cold, Matthew 24, 13. You're enabling that to happen. You have to tell people what's true. Well, it's dark. Yeah, it's dark. Is that gonna help? If we all, if I shut the lights off in here, by the way, if I do, you can't see your hand in front of your face. Would it make you feel better for me to say, tell you it's not dark as we all smash into each other? Now, don't worry, it's not dark. It's like that closing scene of Animal House. Remember the parade? Hope's like, oh gosh, I know. <laughs> the parade all goes to pieces, and you have the one ROTC guy. Have no fear, all is well, and he gets run over himself. <laughs> See, it's all about perception. That's what I'm preaching about today. So don't worry, the message has, has begun. I'll, I'll say it in King, King James language. The message hath begunneth. Some of you think I'm spiritual then. I'll keep a couple of you tra traditional Pentecostals if I put a couple THs on the end of some of my words. Give me that old time religion. <laughs> You're welcome. I love you people, I really do. Seriously, I do. What happened to my usual water thing? Man, what am I, what am I, sliced bread? I mean, what the heck is going on around here? I saw it in my office, and I didn't bring it out here, so it was me. So I'll blame it on Hope or blame it on Heather. That way, that way it's not on me. It's all about perception. What does perception mean? How you perceive, what does that mean? To recognize, discern, envision, or understand. It's all about how you see things. It's not that you make things happen by how you see things. It's whether or not you see things correctly, whether you see things as they really are. Some people never want to see things as they really are because it will violate their own personal narrative. I am great, my life is great, or I am terrible and my life is terrible. Neither one of those is true. Here's what's true. God is great and he makes your life great. That's what's true. Do you perceive things that way? Do you recognize them? Do you discern them that way? Envision them that way? Where there is no vision, the people, do you understand that way? Going back to our root two verses, Matthew 6, and 23. The lamp of the body is the eye. Now listen to this. 
This is not about how you see things. I mean, it's not about, correction, it's about how you see things. It's not about what you let in. That's covered in, that's covered in Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. And the numerous other guard your heart verses. Be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the evil of lawless, uh, by the error of lawless men and fall from your secure position. 2 Peter 3.17. That's about guarding your heart. This is not about guarding your heart. This is not about what you let in or what you don't. Is that important? Look at me. Colossally important. But that's not what this is about. That's not what I'm preaching about today. I could preach about it for three hours, about what you let in and what you don't let in, because it'll corrupt your heart. But this is about how you see things. Look at this. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, and that is translated as clear and healthy, not, how you, not what you're letting in. It's about how you see things. Are you seeing things in a clear and healthy manner? Not what you're allowing in. The existing eye, not what you let in. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. If you see things correctly, your whole life, your whole body will be full of light. Not what you allow in, not what you allow out. For now, both are important. But what we're talking about is how you see things. We are talking about perception. 23, but if your eye is bad, and that is translated as evil or unhealthy, the existing eye, not what you let in. If your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? How can that be? How does that make any sense? For most people, what they consider to be light is actually darkness. Just use our, use our modern society. Look at how I, I am wearing my mask. I'm six feet apart from everybody. A lot of these people, too, are like me with Santa Claus. It's all right, Talia. Talia's like, oh, man. I was that kid in the fifth grade who still believed I had kids coming up to me from the third grade on. Tom, has go by Tommy at that time. Tommy, he's not real. I said, the only reason why you think that is because you're bad. You're on the naughty list, so you don't believe because he didn't come into your house, and if he does, he's gonna bring a bundle of sticks and a bag of coal. I said those things. I've been hellfire brimstone from day one, whether it was gospel or Santa. A lot of these COVID people are like me with Santa Claus. They just keep on believing. No matter what, you think it's over? Just, you think it's over? Watch some, watch some governmental videos. Watch, watch videos from the World Economic Forum. Watch, watch videos from the G20 and B20. All the servants are masked. But not the bourgeois elitist, which is the goal, of course. Kathy Hochul, when she won the gubernatorial race in New York, went and did a dance with a bunch of Hispanic students. 
She's out there dancing. And listen, if you're white, unless you're the exception, which you're probably not, don't dance. You're welcome. She's in there dancing with a bunch of Hispanic students, as cute as can be, everyone masked but her. This is, this is November 2022, 31 months into 15 days to flatten the curve. But she still believes. They don't really believe they have an agenda. But it's all about, are you going to see it? Not just the globalist narrative. I'm talking about everything. You just see who you really are? Do you know who you are? Oh, I'm nothing special. Lie! That's a lie! Narrow is the way and few find it, and you found it. You're already exceptional. You need to be able to determine. And remember, it's not about what you let in. It's how you perceive. You need to be able to say, lie. Well, I struggle with this. Why do you struggle? You don't ever have to struggle again. Be even more diligent to make your call and election sure, for if you do these things, you will never struggle. Second Peter 1.10. Whoops! Everything, every Christian song is about, oh, the struggles, the struggles. Here come the flute players and angels' wings. The very ones that Jesus would be kicking by their tailbone out of their building where he's got to get down to business. See, we struggle with perception. Proverbs 23, 5. Will you set your eyes on that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away like an eagle toward heaven. I thought you were a prosperity preacher. That's correct. But you don't set your eyes on it. I believe that God, in, in Psalm chapter 1, verse 3, will prosper everything you lay your hands to. And you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. 2 Corinthians 8 9. That's the Bible. Well, I don't see it that way. Perception's wrong again. I don't tithe because it's an Old Testament thing. No, it's not. You, you don't know the Bible. You're perishing for lack of knowledge. Tom, why do you always talk about money? Did I ever always talk about money or did that start about a month ago? Seriously, I want to know, you're afraid to answer. <laughs> oh, do I, have I always talked about money in this ministry? No. no, I have not. So here we go. I have not. I rarely ever actually preached about money, but why am I preaching about it now? Why am I preaching about it now? I'm, gonna, I'm letting it sit on purpose. Why? No, because you have to see things correctly. What is happening right now is that they are trying to take your ability to buy away from you. So you had better plug into God's economy. That's why I'm preaching about it now. With the advent of CBDCs and what's happening around the globe right now, you need to see things correctly. Now, you know what? I'm just, you know, tithing's Old Testament. A, that's a lie. You're perishing for lack of knowledge. It's right out of Genesis chapter 14, 18 through 20. That's a, from the order of Melchizedek. Who, who else is compel, compared to the priest Melchizedek? Who gave a tithe to Abram. That was long before the law. So it's not old covenant. 
It's Abrahamic covenant. And the reason why I'm telling you to plug it, if you don't want to give it here, then don't. But I'm telling you to plug in to God's economy. You do not want to be victimized by what's coming in 2023. It doesn't have to touch you. You'll only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. Where do you get that from, Tom? Psalm 91. I believe the word of God. It's my perception. I believe no harm can befall me. No disaster will come near my tent. For he will give his angels charge of me so that I will not strike my foot against the stone. I believe those things. That's my perception. 2 Corinthians 4.18. We struggle with perception. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Colossians 3.2. John 4.35. Do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields. For they are already white for harvest because they weren't looking at the fields. Their perception was wrong. We have vast fields right now. This is the opportunity of a lifetime. It's a good thing, actually, that the lukewarm church is done. What does that mean, Tom? You're saying they're going to close? No, they're not, gonna, they're not closing. Ain't nobody going. They trained them for the last 31 months of 15 days to flatten the curve to not attend church. I challenge you, watch some, watch some big name churches on CTN, God TV, all the other ones. Look at the ones that are courageous enough to show their crowds. The ones that used to have four or 5,000 people sitting in these five, six, seven, 10,000 seat auditoriums. Got six, seven hundred now. And it's permanent. It's been going on for a long time now. So they're like, how did they survive? Well, they got 30, 40 million dollars in PPP money. No man can serve two masters. So you, either you will love one and hate the other, or else you will hold to the one and despise the other. Matthew 6, 24, which is, by the way, the verse right after the two I just told you. Matthew 15, 14. Let them alone. They are blind leaders of the blind. If the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a ditch. Your perception is incredibly important. Now let's change subjects, sort of. You will see a lot of this in these last days. We need, we need to perceive correctly how to love people. You're like, Tom, I didn't see you going that direction. We, we are gonna have to love people, right? What's the, what's, what are the two commandments that there is, there is none greater than? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all, with all of your spirit. The second like it is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There are no other commandments greater than these. Mark 12, 30 and 31. So we have to love people. Have to. You have to love Klaus Schwab. You have to. It's not an option for you. You're like, Tom, you don't. I do. What, what kind of testimony would it be if he repented? You have to love Hillary Clinton. Yeah. 
Now we know where the crowd sits. It's tough. You have to love the people that you're about to eat Thanksgiving with on Thursday. That's bigger challenge than Hillary for some of you. It's coming. Don't worry, I'm not going to make it hard for you to love people. It's really actually not that hard. It really isn't. There's lines that you can draw that will make you free. In Christianity, we're taught to love people under the terms of enabling people's bad behavior. Including towards you as if you can never walk away. Is that scripture? You can never walk away, just be used over and over again. That's not scripture. Give not that which is holy unto the dogs. Neither cast ye pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn again and rend you. You don't have to be used over and over again. Beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And on, and on some have compassion. And on some have compassion. Making a distinction. Snatch others from the fire and save them with fear. Whoops. That's the Bible. What the American church preaches is fluff and stuff. You might as well put it on bread over peanut butter. That's the Bible. That's why everybody burns out. You don't love right. Look at me now. You can actually tell people, go away. Expel the wicked man from among you. You can. You don't do that with some kind-hearted person walking in the church. Hey, how you doing? You're expelled. Well, look who's back. So, you know, everybody knows we have a team. It's headed by Natalie. Natalie, stand up so everybody can see you. You have to work really, really, really hard to drop dead in this church. We won't let it happen. You'd have to really want it. We have to love people. See, I'm setting, you notice it is for freedom that Christ has set, you, set us free, right? Notice how I'm setting you free. I'm not, I'm not, well, you know what? That's it then. Get an attorney. It's divorce time. No. That, you have to have adultery. Real life physical adultery. Or for the rest of your life and every relationship that you have, you'll be committing adultery. Who, where did you get that from? Oh, just Matthew chapter five. And the exact same verse is quoted again 
in 19. Kind of important. So I'll set you free in one way and tie you down another. That's called full gospel. Enough with the divorces. The, the evangelical church should not be mirroring the world in divorce rates. And you know who's some of the worst offenders? The pastors and preachers. Falling in love with their secretaries. Well, we just decided, you know, we felt the revelation from God. Uh, that would not be a revelation from God. Do you not smell the sulfur? So we're going to have to figure out what to do with people in these last days. You're like, Tom, what, is, what do you mean last days? I don't, no one knows about, about that day or hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. I don't make predictions. That's Matthew 24, 36. But I can put my finger in the air. But with the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like a day. We don't know how long we have. Nobody does. Jesus will return. And when you're starting to see that you can't buy, sell, trade, or travel without a QR-coded mark of the beast on your phone, and now the global governance is trying to make that prevalent throughout the entire world, you might want to put your finger in the air again and have the correct perception. Doesn't mean that you're sitting there, well, forget it. Not getting married, not buying a house, not trying to prosper. No, do exactly the opposite. Do exactly the opposite. It says that in the word of God anyway. People will be uh, being given in marriage. People will be having parties. Listen, when the, when the Lord comes, maybe that's us. Live your life. A lot of us, we, we wake up in the morning and there's ominous music playing in our mind. Because your perception's wrong. You're like, this is going on and that's going on. My life hasn't changed at all. I'm not allowing it to change at all because of what goofy things these goofy people are doing around the world. I'm telling you, I actually watch an interview with any of these world leaders. They're not smart people at all. So we'll see a lot of this in these last days. How will you and I love? And here's the thing, what is our well? When it comes to perception, it's all about what are you drawing from? What is your source? When you have an opinion, what's your source? That be, that's your perception. Perception is, if you want to make it in worldly terms, it's opinion. It's not opinion if you're standing in the word of God, but we're using worldly terms. So where do your opinions come from? Where do your stances come from? Where does your fervence come from? What is your source? If you're going to have the correct perception, if you're going to have an eye that is good and making your body full of light instead of an eye that is bad and your whole body being full of darkness and the light that is in you is dark and how great is that darkness? If you don't want the darkness, then you've got to be pulling from the correct source. It's not your wife. It's not your husband. It's not your kids. It's not America. I love all of those things. I love the American family. Seriously, I think it's great. Listen, I am an American chauvinist. 
I think America's better than the rest of the entire world. And it's not close. However, it's not my source. The founding fathers wrote the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution using a source. What was it? The Word of God. That's why America is great at all. So let me show you this. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1-5. through 5. But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers without self-control, brutal despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Woo, that's sweet, Tom. Having a form of godliness but denying its power and from such people turn away. Boy, that's a bright and cheery outlook. Does that have anything to do with you? Nothing. Who's called upon Jesus as your Lord and Savior in this house today? Yes. Got nothing to do with you. You're not somebody who has a form of godliness and denying its power. Amen. Now the way that you could actually read this verse, and this is what we're going to focus on, is verse 5. Having a form of godliness, because we have to know how to love these people. How do you love them? Is there times to, to make a distinction? And on some have compassion, making a distinction, Jude 22? Or do you have compassion on them all? Now, your instincts on the inside of you, if you've been trained in the modern church, compassion upon all. It's not true. It's not how Jesus was. So if Jesus wasn't like that, how do you love better than Jesus? There comes a time, I have people, all, not anymore, because I've preached about it often enough, nobody asks anymore. But early on, I would have people, and this is back when the church was in Inglewood, I'd have people say, why don't we have a homeless ministry? Because this is not Bangladesh. Again, I'm scanning the room for my law enforcement brethren in here. I got Brian to my right. I'm looking. Ask them about the homeless. We're the ones who have dealt with them. We're the ones who talk to them. There's the homeless liaison for the Sarasota County Sheriff's Office attends this church. Ask her. She will tell you the nine, she, that nobody cooperates with her 99.99% of the time. She lives for the 0.1% person that she can help off the streets. It's not Bangladesh where people are dying on the streets from starvation. Notice how none of them are skinny outside of meth addicts. Security system's going off. Goes off 17 times a day. Can't hear it, but it's somehow it's going off and calls me. I love all this technology. <laughs> They're not real. So if you sit there, and you know, here, here's, the, here's the stipulations that I've put on the homeless that have come to, for help of the church. Say, I will help you. Matter of fact, I will, I will give you money. I'm one of the very few preachers that actually ever says that. They'll say, well, here, we're here to help you. No, did you hear what I said at the hurricane, after the hurricane? We'll give you money. One. Boom, win. That's a win. You got it. Don't let me forget about homeless. See, phones are like this. Here's the thing with phones. 
Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing when people, their phones are ringing and they don't catch it on the first one. I put this out on Twitter because this is just like the, the fraudulent elections. We have our fraudulent elections and fraudulent elections are just like this. My wife's gonna kill me for using this illustration. However, I'm gonna use it anyway. Fraudulent elections and phones ringing in rooms and people acting like they can't hear them when it's in your purse. Therefore, it's your phone. It's just like when everybody's sitting in a crowded living room and this horrid stench arises. And everybody in the room acts like they don't smell it. And the person who dealt it acts like they didn't deal it. It's the same thing with phones. You sit there. Everybody knows. Grab the thing and turn it off. Make a public spectacle of it. Turn it off. It was me. Now, if you catch it on the first, like the two winners this morning, don't worry about it. Back to the homeless. So here we go. In America, I put these stipulations on them. I will give you money. All you need to do is attend the church. You have to come for the entire service, which back in the day, we were about an hour and a half. Now we're over two hours, but back then it was an hour and a half. For 90 minutes, I'll buy your food, for, and probably their meth, for the week. Do they come to the service? No. They'd come after it. They come after it and they go, uh, well, I came. I said, no, that's not what I told you. What are you, Saul? It's not what I told you. Some of you catching that, some of you aren't. If you're not catching that, read your Bible. <laughs> First Samuel 15, read it when you get home today. Come to the service, that's all I want you to do. I'm following James chapter two, verses 15 through 17. I'm following it. I'm giving you both for your spiritual life and your physical life. I'm doing what? You're not getting your physical without the spiritual. You're not getting the spiritual without the physical. Which, by the way, when we can, just so everybody, don't let me forget about the homeless, we will be reopening the Caboose Cafe when we can. It's, it's, it's uh, basically destroyed right now, but it will be. We feed as many people as want to eat on a Sunday morning every Sunday for those of you who are new that came after the hurricane, we usually feed it. You can go right back here. I'm not talking about we're handing you uh, nasty protein bars. Well, this is good stuff. I'll get back here. Really good. Top of the line. For free. For free. But if you, if, in, if you have ministries to the homeless in America, you're basically enabling them, with a few exceptions. Because all you're doing, these are people who have refused to be helped. People go up to them, whether it's cops or social workers or anybody else, goes up to them and say, listen, I can give you a ride to where you can go. First step in Sarasota, whatever it means. You can detox. I've got a bed ready for you. Ask the cops in this room. I've got a bed ready for you. They don't show up. They'd rather take the drugs. If you feed them, you're feeding a drug habit. You're welcome. So how do we love people? All of these people that I just read in 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5, lovers of themselves, lovers of money, having a form of godliness but denying its power, and for such people turn away. If they are people who have a veneer of godliness, they're the dangerous ones. You're telling us to turn on the church? 
Not the church, but church is. Yes, they're the most dangerous people on the planet are those, I'll keep reading the list, boasters, proud blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, having a form of godliness and denying its power. We just saw that. They were all exposed over the last 31 months. They have a form of godliness, but they deny the power of God. Where in scripture does it say to stand six feet away from each other? Put a mask on, take a vaccine, close the church. They have a form of godliness. Their form of godliness is their version of compassion. They're the most dangerous people on the planet. I don't think about Klaus Schwab. Who are the... Who are the people that actually destroy countries? How do they overturn a country? How do they do it? They just set them up and say, here is your enemy. Fight. Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's get it on. <laughs> UFC fans. Big John MacArthur. They don't do that. They actually do what's called color revolutions. Keep your friends, keep your enemies close. Keep your enemies close and your friends, or how's it go? Keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. That's how they do it. They bring in color revolution so that they have a revolution from the inside out. That's why the love of most will grow cold. Most Christians on the earth at the time of the revealing of the beast will take the mark. And they won't even know they're doing it. They'll still be in church that Sunday. They'll be, they'll be handing out marks inside the church. And they'll all think that it's righteous. Right now, the big discussion too at the United Nations is world reparations for climate change. To take your money and give it to third world countries because you damaged their climate. Had nothing to do with them killing each other for centuries. But it's all just a giant lie. But what do we do with these people? They have a form of godliness, but they deny its power. It says in Scripture to turn away from them. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power, and from such people turn away. Now, if they come to you and they say, listen, does ever, anybody know Luke chapter 17, 3 and 4? You need to study that when you get home today. Take heed to yourselves. If your brother sins against you, forgive him. Take heed to yourself. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him, not forgive him. Rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. That doesn't sound like the modern church. Take heed to yourself. If your brother sins against you, correct him. And if he repents, forgive him. Now here's the next verse, though. Told you, balance it out. And if he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day returns to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. See how it works? If, if they have a form of, say, I'll, I'll go down the list. They're slanderers. Without self-control, brutal despisers of good, traitor, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. But they come to you and they say, you know what? I 
repent, you restore them. You don't do the scenario where we're all sitting in the room and the horrid stench comes out and you all just pretend it isn't there. That's the modern church. Repentance is a requirement for forgiveness. If it's a requirement for forgiveness from God, it's a requirement of forgiveness from you. Who preaches this stuff? I do, because it's the Bible. And it will set you free. Christians get so burned out because they're used over and over and over and over again. If you have a 38-year-old son living at your house who doesn't follow your rules, but you want to love him into the kingdom, the light that is in you is darkness because it's not the Bible. Yeah, but it's compassion, but it's not the Bible. If it's compassion that's not biblical, it's actually evil. It's actually not compassion. It's actually self-serving. For some reason, there's self-serving in there somewhere. There's evil in there somewhere. Titus 1.16, they claim to know God, but by their actions they deny him. They are detestable, disobedient, and unfit for doing anything good. They claim to know God, but we have to love these people. How do you love them? You call them to an account, and you see if they repent. I'm talking about people claiming Christianity, not the world. The world gets your love no matter what. Tom, what are you talking about? They do. I'm not talking about, I'm not, I'm not saying that you bless the world or you give money to the world or anything like that. But they're not, listen, this is the thing that's very dangerous about Christianity. There are stipulations in the word of God that are aimed towards Christians that are not, that is not aimed towards the world. Think about it, think about it in 2 Peter chapter 2, 20 through 22. If we have escaped the corruption of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and are again entangled in it and overcome, we are worse off at the end than we were at the beginning. We're worse off than being unsaved. That, does, that, that stipulation is not for the world, it's for us. Paul said all of, all of what he did, the persecutions of the church, were forgiven because he did them out of ignorance. He stood there while they stoned Peter. I mean, stoned Stephen. He stood there. No problem whatsoever, that's forgiven because he didn't know any better. So the world gets our compassion. I can't stand what's happening in Ukraine, but our church sent $10,000 there for the starving. And I know it's a giant political poop show over there. Sometimes I really miss cussing. But again, that's my perception is the word of God. Shun profane and vain babbling, so I'm not gonna drop the profane babbling. But I do miss it on occasion, especially while I'm driving. But do you see how it works? You have compassion on the world, but when it comes to people who are claiming having a form of godliness, you need to be very stringent because they're dangerous. And it will cause people, the world's not causing people to go to hell. What causes people to go to hell is false prophets. 
Yes, the world does and sense cause people to go to hell, but they don't even know it. When they speak great swelling words of emptiness, they allure through the lust of the flesh, through lewdness, the ones who have actually escaped from those who live in error. Five time, we'll get to that whole section of scripture this morning. They allure through the lust of the flesh, through lewdness, the ones who have actually escaped from those who live in error. Those are false prophets luring people away from God. So what is the power that they're denying? Acts chapter one, verse eight, everybody knows this verse. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in in Jerusalem and in Judea and, and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Philippians 2.13. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Ephesians 3.20. Everybody knows this first. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you ask or think. Everybody stops the verse right there. It's not the end of the verse. According to the power that works in us. So we will have none of these things. An exceedingly abundant life. Now to him who is able to exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think, which is mirrored, of course, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 through 11. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived, but God has prepared for those who love him. We will have none of those things if we have a form of godliness in any area of life and deny its power. I've talked about those who their entire life is having a form of godliness but denying its power. But are there pockets in my life and yours where we have a form of godliness but deny its power? Our perception comes from the well that we draw from. The well that we draw from is the power of God. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. He didn't even tell anybody to witness until then. He didn't even want anybody to go out and share their faith until they were operating, until they were drawing that water out of that well. But the well is rejected. Just like Matthew 21, 42. The stone, listen to this verse closely. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing and it's marvelous in your eyes. Let me read it to you again, because about one person got that. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. In other words, the whole building falls apart without that bad boy. This was the Lord's doing, that people reject him, and it's marvelous in your eyes. It's marvelous, that's Jesus talking. It was marvelous in their eyes to reject Jesus in the name of God. That's what's, right now, they're rejecting Jesus in the name of Jesus. It's marvelous in their eyes. Look how compassionate we are. Look how we've closed our church. Look how compliant we are. We're marveling in our compliance, the modern church says. It's marvelous in their eyes that they've rejected the word of God in the name of the word of God. How do you love these people? You tell them the truth. You expect repentance, and if they don't, turn away. Be free. Let me tell you this. A lot of people will be like, Tom, you're not compassionate. Well, ask yourself this question, though. And he used the same example when I was talking about Pastor Jonathan and money in private jets. So you say, you know, Tom, you lack compassion. 
Let's say I do. Let's say I do. How many people are watching me right now? In this church, right in here, there's about 500 people in this room. Doesn't look like that many, but there's 860 chairs set out here, so the empty ones, probably about 300 empty ones in here. It's about 500 people in here. Around the church, it's probably close to 700 people in this church. So the people who are calling me lack of compassion, uh, that I lack, telling me that I lack compassion, I just have to use me as an example, telling me that I lack compassion, I'm telling you to turn away from people, how many people are they speaking in front of right now? How many people have they won to the Lord in comparison to me? It's the same thing when I said with Jonathan. They go, you know what, how dare you fly around as a pastor in a private jet? But he give, feeds a 1,000 kids a day. So yes, he can't, in your eyes, waste that money, but he's given millions and you still haven't. But yet you are right in your principles? Do you see it? So you may say that, but my lack of compassion has won more souls than your compassion. You know why? Because it's the word of God. I'm setting Christians free. You don't have to be used by that relative anymore. Amen. Well, aren't you a Christian? Well, we're both brothers and sisters. Yeah, but I've given you money 500 times. You never pay it back. You never change your life. Give not that which is holy under the dogs. Cast them off. I didn't say to be mean to them. Believe it or not, outside of the neighbors that hate my dog, I'm not mean to anybody. I have been mean to them twice. Let me tell you why. Some of my neighbors watch me. They hate me, but they watch me. So I hope they're watching. It's still the morning, this morning. See, it's all a spirit. Now listen, I'm gonna acknowledge wrongdoing in this story. It's all right. I have a dog. His name is Addie. So, he's a 19-month-old Malamois, male. He's full of it. So his training is not complete. And occasionally, he takes off. He's perfect in the house. Absolutely perfect. Like, you tell him in the house, he'll do anything. He comes up to you, he presses his face against you. He loves you. But outside, a demon spirit comes upon him. His eyes glaze over. He basically gives me the middle finger and runs away. I swear, like, I can swear sometimes, as he's running away, his tail comes up like a middle finger. So he has run up to these, now I have walked this neighborhood with dogs for over 10 years. Both of them Malamas, female and Alamo. And everybody in the neighborhood has no problem with it. Everybody's dogs kind of run loose anyway. We have a free poop agreement. That's your dog poop on my yard because I don't want to clean it up when my dog poops on your yard. So everyone's good. Never been a problem for all these years until Tweedledee and Tweedledum moved in a year ago. And I will acknowledge, my dog runs away. I mean, he does. If he sees you with a dog, he's running towards you. 
Now here's the thing, he would never hurt anybody and has never been a threat to them at all. But when he comes near them, they freak out. Get him away, get him away. I'm like, what? what's the matter with you? Get away, get away. I remember last time he's standing right next to me like this. And the lady's screeching, ah, get him away, get him away. I'm like, what, I, for what? See, it's all the same thing. It's the same thing as COVID. Does a dog occasionally kill a person? Well, yes. And then does a, does, a, does, a, does a viral infection occasionally kill a person? Yeah, but you don't freak out every time there's a dog or a viral infection. And then act like as you walk, oh, thank goodness I survived that Malamal. He did nothing but lay down. So now I got to figure out how to love these people. <laughs> They're not claiming Christianity, so they get full. I got I to gotta figure out a way. I don't know what. But I'll figure it out. But what happens is, is you have the well, the power of God, and you decide whether you're going to pull from it or not. Everybody, it's 11.54. Everybody with me? Won't be long. We'll be done. You decide what well you pull out of. John 16, 7, 8. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. See, these people who have a form of godliness, they are denying that power. Don't deny the conviction of the Holy Ghost in this room this morning. God has already pointed out your assets and your deficits this morning. In this room, don't be like them, having a form of godliness, but denying that power. Have nothing to do with the end times falling away church. Don't be like them. Don't emulate one of their characteristics. John 16, 13, the one I quote to you all the time. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. They don't want that. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. Men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, brutal despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. That's the power they're denying. They don't want, listen, they don't want to see things the way that they are right now, whether it's COVID, whether it's climate change, whether it's world, the World Economic Forum, whether it's CBDCs, they don't want to know. Why do they not want to know? They would rather just focus on getting their kids to soccer practice. It's a divine illusion. I'm just going to pretend like everything is okay. They participate in the game. The game that I just described in reference to my dog. It's all a game. Everybody gets to pretend they're surviving something that's no threat. It's all a game. You know what? I am now identifying as a woman. And then if you, if you participate in it, you're playing pretend. You might as well go back to the third grade and have your tea party again. We're all drinking air. 
It's all pretend. But what, where, what's your source? Is your source the spirit of truth? If it's the spirit of truth, then you will call lies, lies. Luke 18, 22. So when Jesus, the rich young ruler, he rejected, he had a form of godliness, but denied its power. So when Jesus heard these things, he said, what did Jesus hear? The rich young ruler came with his resume. I have Christians do that all the time around here. Hey, Tom, we'd like to, you know, we're looking to serve in this church. Now, immediately, we would like a pastoral position. And here's our resume. Not going to happen. Serve. But that's what this, the rich young ruler comes up. Here's my resume. Resume, I've kept all the commandments. I'm a benevolent human being. So when Jesus heard these things, he said to them, you still lack one thing. Now, will you deny the power or will you not? Having a form, he has a form of godliness, does he not? <clears throat> he just said that he keeps all the commandments and that he's a benevolent human being. He has a form of godliness. But Jesus said, you still lack one thing. Sell all that you have and distribute it to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. And he went away with much sorrow. Because he had the form. See, these people like this. They don't want God's priorities. They don't want his obedience. They don't want his prosperity. They don't want his health. They don't want his provision. They don't want his conviction. They don't want his correction. They don't want his rebuke. They have a form of godliness, but they deny its power. Don't let that settle in any area of your life. I'll use the example that I always use. You have a form of godliness, but you're a jerk to your wife. Then you have something in common with the end times falling away church. There's an inroad, there's a demonic inroad into your house if you're a jerk. There's people that are married to other people and they go home with them and, they, and their thoughts on the inside are, Everybody thinks my spouse is this way. But what he really is, is that way. Make sure that is not you. That's having a form of godliness, but denying its power. So I'll finish with this. What happens when your source is not God? How many, how many Christians do you think in this world right now have a source other than God? where they draw their opinions, they draw their perceptions, they draw their zeal, they draw their stance out of something that's not God. And there is no delineation between God and this. Jesus is the word. There is no standing in Jesus and standing at the, in, in, in something that's adverse to the word. Nothing. If you are standing in Jesus, that means that you are standing in the word of God. So what happens when your source, get ready now, as a Christian is not God? What happens? Whether it's marriage, a lot of Christians, their, their source in life is their marriage. Trying hard to be the best husband I can be, 
We're going to the, the next marriage seminar. We're going to have breakout sessions. <laughs> We're going to go grab each other by the hand and speak our love language to each other. I'd rather drive my car off a cliff, <laughs> a long one on the way down. You actually know you're going to die for a long period of time. I'd rather choose that. <laughs> There's lots of people. That's their sources, their spouse. Your life comes from them. Or your kids. Your life comes from them. But they're batteries. They're not life. For with thee is the fountain of life. In thy light shall we see light. Psalm, Psalm 36, 9. There is no other life. John 6, 63. The words that I speak to are spirit, and they are life. The flesh profits nothing. Guess what your wife is? Flesh. Guess what your husband is? Flesh. What are your kids? Flesh. They profit nothing. How dare you say that in America, where kids are our gods. That's why my kids are saved and yours aren't. They weren't treated like Baal. We didn't have an incense. We didn't have a, we didn't have a temple of Tommy, a Tommy temple. <laughs> We're hey, daily, and, uh, daily hoping I went and paid homage to the image of our son. And you, your whole life changes when you have kids. Maybe it's sports. Whether you are living vicariously through your child or you just can't wait. You're like, right now you're thinking the pregame has already started. And this guy, this fat guy is up there still preaching. <laughs> Here's one. Maybe it's your ministry. Your ministry's not your source. Your ministry is a gift of the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost is supposed to be your source. Maybe it's people's opinions. I want everybody to think highly of me. Woe to you when all men speak well of you, for so their fathers to the false prophets. It's only Jesus talking. Luke 6, 26. So what happens when our source, when something other than God is our source, what will happen? What will happen? Closing with this. Matthew 7, 24 through 27. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man who built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell not for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. Now, where did the, what precedes these verses? Before I go there, and I'm heading towards the end here. Before I go there, what is going to happen? If your source is anything other than God, other than the Holy Ghost, other than Jesus, what will happen? The rains will descend, the floods will come, and the winds will blow and beat upon that house, and it will fall. No man can serve two masters. For either he will love the one and hate the other, 
or hold to the one and despise the other. It's gonna happen. You saying that my marriage will fall apart? No, it may not, you may not ever get divorced. But you will discover that your wife is flesh. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. Your wife is there to be loved, not to be your source. You're denying the power. You have a form of godliness, but you're denying his power and going to your wife instead. And the rains will descend and the floods will come and the winds will blow and they will beat upon that house and it will fall. Now, if you treat your wife or your husband or your kids or your job or your hobbies or sports correctly, they will have life in them because you, you are flowing with life because your source comes from God. You want a great business? Don't make your business your source of life. Make God your source of life and the overflow, living in the overflow, will make your business great. Worship team, make your way. Those verses that I just read to you, Matthew 7, 24 through 27, are preceded by these, and this is what I'm closing with. Not everyone going back to having a form of godliness, but denying its power, and from such people turn away. Look where these verses came from. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? In thy name done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Did they not have a form of godliness? And what I urge you this morning, how I urge you this morning, is don't have anything in common with people who have a form of godliness, but their source is something other than God. All of our opinions, all of our perceptions bow at the feet of Jesus. Pour oil on the feet of Jesus. Serve Jesus. Come into submission to Jesus. Some of us don't like submission. We already submit. You already submit to your ruling authorities. Yeah, I'm done. There it is. A lot of people, I, I, you know, I submit to no man. Heard that many times from many people who live in submission. I submit to no man. You just paid a traffic ticket last week. So A, you got pulled over, so you submitted to the blue lights. B, you submitted to signing that ticket. And C, you submitted to paying that ticket, but yet in church, you submit to no man. No, you submit to the world, but you won't submit to God's system. How, oh, you have a form of godliness, but once again, denying its power. Turn from it all, be free, amen? Thank you for listening to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope that you have been encouraged and empowered. If you would like to partner with us, please visit foundationchurchfl.com and click on Give.